So, uh, scripture today, let's talk about this in Exodus chapter 15. We're going to Exodus 15 today, and we're, I, I'm excited about today's message. I am every Sunday, but I'm, I've been especially excited for this one all week long. And uh, when you get excited like that, it's hard not to go ahead and share it with people. And all week long, I'm like, uh, uh, I can't say that because that needs to wait for Sunday. Uh, so, and that's just me. That's being dumb. So Exodus 15, verses 19 through 27, we're going to read this. It says, uh, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea over them. But the Israelites uh, walked through the sea on dry ground. And this is Moses had just been saying all these things. He made this amazing proclamation and what God had done. And then here they are at the top of the mountain. And then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, which also believed to be Moses' sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her uh, with timbrels and dancing. You know, that, that's a tambourine, right? And everybody that knows anything about worship knows that if you know how to play a tambourine, you can lead worship. That's a little private joke. Anyway, so... Because that's what the old fella told me a long time ago. But anyway, so I can, I can play a tambourine as long as I don't sing while I play the tambourine. Anybody else? Because if I sing, I can't play the tambourine anymore. Uh, and I can't even do either one good. But it says this. She sang while she played the tambourine and these other ladies were following her. She said, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Right? The water's... Uh, then it's talking about this in verse 22. It says, Then the Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding any water. No water for three days. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. And so that's why they called that place that. So the people grumbled against Moses because that's what people do. They grumbled against Moses. And he said, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. And he said, the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Of course, you know, that's just like God. When you, when you pray for water, God get, sends you a piece of wood, right? Because that's how God works. Because then you have to like, wait, I prayed for water. I didn't pray for wood. And so God gave him uh, wood. And so he goes on. He says, he threw it into the water, <clears throat> and the water became fit to drink. So crazy. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs. Did you hear me? Listen. 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Now, that sounds like an oasis, doesn't it? Especially compared to where they were. But here's the first thing. I want, to get, I want you to get the visual because you're not, if you're not getting visuals when you're reading the Word of God, you're missing out on the Word of God. And so here we find Moses retelling the story, how it went, and thanking God for his victory and the deliverance from the enemy, which had been stronghold for generations. And here we have Miriam. She was playing the tambourine. So Moses had told it, and Miriam, she's... He's telling a story about Miriam. She's dancing around playing a tambourine. And here's some things we're going to miss, though, that if you're not careful, because you were, you know, you were told to get out of Egypt and take only what you needed. You remember that in the story? In, in, in Exodus, that was part of it. You, you're, this is going to be fast. This is going to be quick. You need to get out of Dodge really fast, so only take what you need. And she found it in her to take a tambourine. Why would that be? I mean, you think about all the things. Because I believe that worship was that important to Miriam. 
It was more important than the food that she had. It was more important than any of those things. And so here we see her pull out her tambourine and begin to play as well as sing and dance. But here's what really gets me about the visual here. Because this happened, in my opinion, right after that sea closed up and they start to worship God and thank Him for the victory that they had. And these Egyptians were swallowed up by the sea. But that sea at some point regurgitates what it swallows up. And I see dead bodies all over the seashore. And Miriam and her entourage of women with their tambourines dancing over, over and through dead bodies, thanking God. Is everybody with me? This is, this is, this is not, this is once again, go back to scripture, it's rated R. This is blood and guts, swollen bodies, things like that. And Miriam is, is kind of like going, doop, <laughs> doo, 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 you know, and she's dancing over them. And all the women are following. They're like, doop, you know, and everything else. And I don't know if that's how you actually dance over a dead body. I've never done it before. Although some of you have probably wished that you could have danced over, no, you should no, you shouldn't think that stuff. So anyway, but here's reason number one, listen to me, that you and I need to trust God and allow him to fight our battles. Because one day, you and I are going to dance on top of what has been dancing on top of us for years. Come on, see, 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 Fran gets it. I got it this week. I said, the very thing that I have been danced on by is now the thing that turns into the dance floor. And now I get a dance on what's been dancing on me. And I'm going to tell you what, that's a liberating thing. That's an amazing thing. It no longer has me. So the one thing that has enslaved me is now my reason for rejoicing. And the one thing that held me back has now been broken. And for the first time in my life, I'm free. You understand? This woman had grown up in slavery. And now all of a sudden, the, everything that enslaved her got swallowed up in the sea. And she said, it's time to dance. It's time to play the tambourine. It's time to worship. I don't have an electric guitar. I don't have a worship team. But man, I can tell you one thing. I got my tambourine and I'm going to dance. And I'm going to dance all over these dead bodies. And I think if I would have been going across some dead bodies, I would have took my toe and just rammed it in there just a little harder. I know you said, well, that's not very Christian-like. Yes, it is. God, just give me the victory. I'm not going to flirt around with what's been dancing on me for years. It's time to get on it and get over it and start. You know, right? Isn't that old song, get down on it, something like that? I don't know. We should read into that a whole lot. But nonetheless, so here's the thing. I want you to think about it today. When somebody gets all weird about you, you say, say pardon me if I get a little excited. Pardon me if I get a little sideways because I've been set free. You know, and I've got reason to. So I can see it now, though. Here's, here's what I see. Here's what I see is if you've got to get the visual, guys. Remember, they just parted the sea. The sea was parted. They're on this side. They're doing this dance. And over here that you can't see it in the story, it's not in Scripture, but I see it. There's a Shoney's. I'm, I'm serious. And there's a McDonald's and probably a Hardee's and a Subway. And there's a Chinese and a Mexican restaurant because every town, no matter how big, has a Chinese and a Mexican restaurant. Okay, right? Even Estel's got one, right? So, I mean, come on. Every town's got one. So here we go. And there's people sitting there eating their lunch. And all this flock of people. Just crossed the sea. And here this crazy woman is. She's dancing and playing. And it's all over dead bodies. And it is such a crazy scene. And they're looking out the window while they're sipping on their little water or sweet tea. 
and eating their biscuit or whatever it is that they're doing, and they're looking out there and saying, look at that nut job. You know what I'm saying? Look at that nut job out there. Look at, look at, look at them. They're crazy. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that people get into your life and they've come in on chapter 10 of 20 when you've already been through 10 chapters. They don't understand what you've just walked through. They're just seeing the dance. They're seeing the crazy person because that's what you are. You're a nut job. But they don't know what you just went through because they're picking up the book and going halfway through. Right? Good Lord have mercy. Come on, somebody. This is important stuff. All right? So let's get Pentecostal today. Can we do that? It's okay. There's Baptists in here. We can get Bapticostal. It's fine. Let's have church. But see, you're joining me halfway through my story. You don't know the sea that I just walked through. You don't know that the victory that I just come through. So I can give a crap about what you think about me for a minute. Because I'm going to tell you that I'm celebrating my victory this morning. So, so you missed the rest of my story. I probably seem strange. I know I do to some people and others and, and everything else. But I probably look and sound really weird. Y'all do too. Some of y'all do. I even know your story, and I still think you're weird. You know, I still think you're crazy, and I love every second of it. But see, here's the thing. You don't know what somebody's experienced. You don't know what God has just delivered me. Miriam said, listen, you don't know. You don't know what I've just been through my entire life. You're sitting there in that cushy seat at McDonald's eating your biscuit, and you don't know what hell I've been through. You don't know what sea I've just come through. You don't know. And I'm going to dance. And I'm going to sing. And I don't care how many people join me on the ballroom floor. And the Red Sea, listen, the Red Sea closed in. The Red Sea closed in not just to destroy Pharaoh. But listen, the Red Sea closed in so that no more people could be tempted to follow them. When God destroys the enemy, he destroys the enemy and he, he, he stops that particular thing. He closes it up so that for them to get to you, they're going to have to go through a lot to get to you. You understand? Jeez Louise, man. And that God's, the very thing that God delivered me with is the very thing that God would punish my enemies with. There's so many things about this story. God, you guys, can, we could spend 52 weeks in this and preach a sermon out of this scripture every, all 52 weeks of the year. And I promise we're not going to, but I swear, man, I'm telling you that this is a big deal. You see, um, she said, you know, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you think about little did they know about this woman praising God that, you know, and we know this now because God's working out the things. That, but see, she didn't have the New Testament. She didn't realize that God was working things out to the good. Maybe she did. I don't know. But nonetheless, little did they know that when this woman started praising God, uh, this would set off a catastrophic series of events. Um, and I'll go into that in just a minute. But I want you to think about this for just a second because uh, Miriam, she looked up and she said, Listen, you don't know the times that I sweated and made bricks out of straw and clay and mud. You don't know the times that I've seen my family beaten with whips because they didn't produce what they needed to produce in a day. You don't know the times that we went without food and we've seen the Egyptians living the life of Riley and meanwhile we're the ones building the very life that they're enjoying. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know. And so, man, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you this morning that I can tell you for sure that I've been liberated and I don't care what anybody thinks anymore of me. 
I don't care what they label. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. Somebody said yesterday, somebody said to me, said, I can't believe y'all playing this music. I, I don't give a flip what kind of music we're playing out here. Listen, I've been liberated. And if it takes, it's going to take more than music to bring me down. I can tell you, it's going to take more than a sexy word to bring me down because Jesus has liberated me from all those things. And you know what happens when he liberates us? We are free from the law. You understand? Because Jesus fulfilled that law. My obligation today is to the one who set me free. Your obligation today is to the one who liberated you. That's the one that we're obligated to. And man, I'm thankful for that today. I'm not here to serve law. I'm not here to serve legalism. I'm not here to serve religion. I'm here because of Jesus. And I'm only free because of that. And here this woman is, and she's, listen, we all know the truth here. It just takes a woman. Moses, come on, see, Missy, Robin ain't clapped for nothing, but she's clapping over there, right? So, because it takes a woman. Listen, Moses is over there talking. Miriam says, shut up, I want to dance. And she got up and did the most important thing that anybody did was to worship. I'm not saying Moses was bad. I'm not saying any of those things. But listen, when she started praising God, that was to set off a series of events with water. Remember when God told the women, if you believe on me, he told the woman in the New Testament, he said, if you believe on me, as the scripture said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Some things aren't going to happen until you praise him. Some things just ain't going to happen until you praise him. And I know some of you were like, well, but I don't want people to think. Okay, that's fine. But you don't have to praise him like crazy in church. You could praise him at home in the bathroom. There's times that I get in the shower, and I, I, it's amazing that I don't fall and break my neck. Because, I mean, and I, I don't want you to have that. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. That's a bad word, picture to have in your mind. The first time I sit down with Jack and Francis Page, who have been married for, I don't know, going on 80 years. I mean, it's a long time. Because they're both well up in their 90s and tremendous people. And I, and I sit down with them. I've got to know them for a couple of months. And I've shared this before, but, man, it just messed me up. And I, said, I said, what's the secret to a long marriage? And I was waiting on Jesus and all this Holy Spirit and all this. And then they both looked at me in unison and said, sleep naked. And I said, oh, my God. I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. <laughs> and I told her a few months later, I said, I've never gotten over what you said. Because now when I see you and Jack, I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't need to see Granny that way, right? You don't see Granny that way. Jeez. Anyway, so here's the thing some things aren't going to happen until you grab your tambourine in the middle of the desert and praise God. And so I don't have a tambourine. I'm kind of glad you don't. But nonetheless, here's the thing. You've got something. You've got something greater than tambourine. You've got your voice. You've got, you got what God is. You've got your story. You've got your song. Don't matter what anybody else thinks about it, you do it. So I'm going to grab mine and I'm going to dance and the devil's just going to have to watch. And I'm going to dance on top of his head, and I'm going to dance on my enemy, and I'm going to dance on the very thing that's held me back for years because it is over because I've been liberated. But have you ever prayed, and the answer didn't look anything like the question? You, you asked for something, that's a question, to God, and then you got the answer, and it didn't look anything like the question. It's like you say, God, what's 2 plus 2? And God said, okay, well, uh, you take 6, and you, and you add 18, and then you take away four and you multiply that by the square root of 6,230. And then, you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. I just, I just want the simple. And God's like, no, no, I'm going to show you something. See, this is a big moment because in this story, because this wood tree, 
this whatever you want to call it, is God pointing towards something else that they can't see. See, remember, God's all up in their story, but God knows the entire story. God knows from the beginning to the end. And in this story, if you're not careful, you'll overlook one of the things that God is doing in the Old Testament is everything in the Old Testament is pointing toward Jesus. And here he gives them wood. Why would he do that? Think about that. See, you remember what Jesus told the woman at the well? Remember that? He said, if you drink of this water that I have, you'll never thirst again. It's a bold statement to make. He did a, a water commercial, basically, for the Samaritan woman. He did a taste test, and he said, if you keep drinking what you're drinking, you're going you're gonna to always come back to it like you do now multiple times a day. But there's something wrong with your water, he basically says, Jesus does. But if you drink of the water that I have, you'll never get thirsty again. Now, I mean, I'm sure you put yourself in that Samaritan woman's position. You've got this Jewish guy who's not supposed to be talking to you because everything about it. You're up here at this well, and he's all up in your business. And now, not only is he telling you this, but he's telling you you've been married a bunch of times, and you're living with the guy now. And he ain't mad at you about it. He's just letting you know he knows your stuff. And then he says, you keep coming back to this well to get water and get drink. But I'm telling you, if you'll drink of the well that I've got, if you drink of the water I've got, you ain't never going to thirst again. You're not going to have to lug that bucket up that hill one more time. You're never going to have to lug the past behind you. You're never going to have to worry about all those marriages again. You're never going to have to worry about finding you another man that's going to love you. You're never gonna, you know, because you just met the man of your dreams. See, all them other men are looking for other things, and they messed on you, had affairs, and they did all this stuff. But, honey, you're sitting with the man that ain't never going to leave you. You're sitting with the man that you can get married to, the man that you can trust. That's a good man. How many of you women like that? Now, if you're married, you can't raise your hand. But how many of you women like to have a man like that? Right? <laughs> Fran's having church back there, man. This is all right. So, see, remember, they prayed for water, and God answered with a tree. The tree, in my opinion, is a type of Calvary. The tree is the rugged cross. The tree is a prophecy of the old thing that God had that would turn the bitter waters of life sweet. God told Moses, he said, I know the problem is the water, but the answer is the tree. Right? Come on, see? See, it's so funny because, you see, what we do is we figure out the water's bitter, so we go out and get some treatment for the water. We go out to Ace, and we get something that'll make the water sweet. Or we go to the water specialist, and we find some kind of filter that'll make it sweet. But the truth is, there's still a problem with the water. We're just making it into something that we can deal with. But God says, listen, instead of going out and getting a filter, instead of going out and getting something that's temporary fix... Why don't you go to the tree of Calvary, to the old rugged cross, to the one who actually gave his life so that the water of life would not be bitter, but it would become sweet. You know, so, you know, your problem may look like the water, but your answer is not the water. Your answer is the tree. It's a foreshadowing of the cross. It doesn't look like it has anything to do with the problem. But God is not just thinking about Moses and the children of Israel. God is thinking about you and me. And he's thinking about how the fact that everything points toward the sun, everything points toward Jesus, and everything, everything in Scripture revolves around the cross. The Old Testament, the New Testament, you could put the cross right at the center and everything rotates around that cross. Everything. Everything. 
And here it is showing up in the Old Testament. So I want to tell you today, if you've got something going on in your life that's bitter, throw, throw some wood at it. Seriously, throw some wood at it. Throw some wood at it. Throw a tree at it. I know you've got a kid that's out of hand. Throw a tree at him. Mama, my mama used to do it to me. She made me pick my tree. Anybody else? He said, no, that one will break my back. That one, that's like a leather whip. It's too thin. Because you get them little thin ones, man, and they, they curl around and they hit you like six times in one lick. You know what I'm saying? Kids these days, they don't know the pleasure, do they? they don't, I don't think I could do that to my kids. I really couldn't. That is, that is really, I mean, I really think that older folks took out a frustration on their children. I'm not joking. I think that is, that, that, that's, that's punishment, man. I mean, but I can tell you, I remember it. And then I hear people say this, I thank God for every whooping I got. And that's, I don't thank God for every whooping I got. I didn't want the first one. <laughs> Did they help me? Yeah, absolutely right. But I don't, I'm not thanking God for them. Because number one, it was my fault. Now, I didn't have to do that, but I did. I couldn't help it. You see, you need money today. Throw a tree at it. I know you're praying about water, but throw a tree at it. That's how God works. Throw a tree. So they threw that tree into the bitter waters of Mara, and the water turned sweet, and the water that was bitter turned sweet by the inclusion of the tree. See, he'll make the darkness light before you, and whatever's wrong, he'll make it right. And all of this is in this text right here. See, the same way that Jesus took the water and turned it into wine, they threw a tree into the water and turned it from bitter to sweet. It's the same principle. What was the difference in the water and the wine? The tree was standing in the room. The tree was standing in the room. So they thought they threw him up on a cross. They were going to kill him. Jesus didn't do anything he didn't volunteer to do. They didn't, they didn't crucify Jesus. Jesus died. He chose to. He allowed them to do that. Come on. He allowed them. Why did he do that? Because of that person right there sitting in that seat today and everywhere across this world. That's some amazing stuff. In the same way, and on a hill, remember the old, the old lyrics, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. And it, and it says, it said, it has a, it's an attraction for me, I think is what it said. And I'll cherish the old rugged cross. It's one of the old ones that I really, really like. I really do. Because it says, I believe because it says, you see, the cross turned the bitter waters sweet. Listen, guys, I, uh, all of y'all are like me. Uh, I'm, I, my mother-in-law's here. I'm going to pick on her. I didn't ask her if I did this. I'm going to do it, though. Um, she left home at 18 years old. Grew up in a awful home was abused um, still has physical issues because of that abuse and I didn't ask her because she might have told me no so I'm just going to apologize later My, I've been married to her daughter for almost 25 years so it's too late so and I look at her and I think she did better with her kids than she was ever done she did not treat her kids the same way she had every reason to be bitter but she ended up not being bitter. And the only difference was Jesus. She threw a tree at what was bad. And that tree was Jesus. And he turned the bitter 
into sweet. And your pastor's wife is here, and she is the woman that she is because her mother threw a tree at the bitterness that she grew up in so that her children would not... Listen, I don't care if you're bitter because of drugs, because of crack, or because of cocaine, or because of abuse, or molestation, or, or you're stripping on poles out here, or whatever it is. I don't care what the bitterness is in your life. There is one who will turn the bitterness into the sweetest thing that you've ever seen. Good Lord, man. Where would you be? If you're in here today, man, you don't know Jesus. Good gosh. What in the God's name are you waiting on? Because I'm telling you, people are like, man, I don't want it to cramp my style. Listen, my cramp, my style was cramped way before Jesus. I didn't even have style. It was bad, man. I'm telling you, and then Jesus came and now for the first time in my life, I'm living. I'm, my life is better than it's ever been. And Jesus ain't cramping my style. I was cramping Jesus' style. I was cramping my own style. You know, Jesus is the deal breaker. He is the difference. God, we just thank you today. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that in the Old Testament, everything pointed to the one, the one who would free us, the one who would save us. Oh, God, thank you that you're turning the bitter waters into sweet waters. The water don't look any different. It's just that they're not bitter anymore. They can't hold us back because the very thing that used to be bitter is now sweet because now we stand on it and we dance on it and we proclaim it to be part of our testimony, a part of who we are, and we're proud of the fact of where you've brought us from. We're so thankful, God, today because you love us so much. There are those of us in here that have done drugs, have done all kinds of things. We've been caught up. We've been wrapped up with sin. Some of us are victim to it. Some of us because we chose to. But God, you've turned it around. And we stand here in the midst of the sweetest waters that anyone could ever imagine. And God, I'm so thankful today for it. The liberty, the liberty, as Charlie mentioned, that liberty that the one the Son sets free is free, not just free, free indeed. We're going to put an exclamation mark on it today. We're not just free, we're free indeed. We are fully free today, and we thank you today, God. We love you in Jesus' name. And if you know that man today, stand with us and worship as we close this.